Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, and that's Dan. And Dan, what are we talking about on this wonderful Friday? We're talking about The Simpsons, Season 3, Episode 5, originally aired October 17th, 1991. It is Homer Defined. Did you know that Homer is now in the dictionary to pull a Homer Simpson? You will by the end of this episode. Yeah, he uh, has like four or five different things. De- he's definitions, yeah. So, yes, this is, uh, again, this is one of those season three episodes that's not the best compared to the rest of the season, but it's a great, great episode. This is key factor here that we're going through with uh, with these third season episodes here. And you can listen to this every Friday and every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Because we now have the ability to get these episodes out by Friday at 7. I didn't have that before. Now I do. So here we go. Friday at 7, we weren't even recording yet. No, we were not. But my new work schedule has me off every Friday so we can get stuff done early, and that's the way I want to do it. So first, of course, we have to start every episode the way we always do, with the chalkboard with Bart writing, I will not squeak chalk, and while he's doing it, he's horribly squeaking the chalk. Because of course he is. And when the Simpsons get to the house, there's a one-eyed monster on the couch who sees them coming, pulls a lever, and escapes through a, a hatch in the in the floor right as the family gets on the couch. So they've got a freeloader in their house that they don't even know about. A Kang and or Kodos adjacent alien being it actually looked a little yeah it looked a li- it looked like a cross between a kang and kodos and a uh, space mutant it was sort of like a hybrid of the two of those because it had the one eye but it had more of the space mutant body so i think they just did it as a couch gag and never intended it to be more than it was at this point kang and kodos have only existed in one episode though and that was a treehouse of horror but don't worry they'll be back soon because we're almost at our next treehouse of horror So Homer's reading U.S. of A. Today newspaper because it's the only paper that tells the truth. And, of course, Lisa's kind of berating him over this. You know, it's full of all these ads and opinions and Larry King. And there's Bart filling out a birthday card for his best friend, Milhouse. It's a Krusty the Clown birthday card. It says, hey there, 10-year-old. I couldn't afford to get you a new set of drums. So here's a pair of bongos, and inside's a woman in a bikini with big old boobies. Because, you know, that's exactly how Krusty would advertise a birthday card to a freaking 10-year-old, right? That sounds that sounds Krusty-like. Indeed. So, totally plausible here. So, uh, yeah, they're on the bus heading to school. And we all... and. Bart's got, like, come on, Milhouse, open your presents. Just because your mom didn't let you have a party doesn't mean you can't get a present. And then everyone on the bus is thanking him for Saturday. Yeah, Sherry and Terry, Martin, they're all saying something. Bart's just like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, twins are weird. Yeah, twins are weird, yeah. So he gives Milhouse a pair of crusty official walkie-talkies and tells him, 
you keep one and I keep one. Whenever you want to talk to me, call me on the phone and tell me to turn on my walkie-talkie. <laughs> and that's when they get to the school and we realize that... Otto, Otto completely just yeah. says, Hey, I want to thank you for doing today. Thank Bill House for the totally bitchin' birthday party on Saturday. Oh, and I left, think I left your, my pants on your roof. And Bart realizes that Milhouse had a party and didn't invite him. And Milhouse just, he's very apologetic about it. He just apologizes and walks off. And Bart's so distraught, he doesn't even get off the school bus. And Otto takes off with Bart on the bus. We'll come back to them in a minute. Now we're at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant. And Mr. Burns is berating all the employees watching them on the monitors come in. Oh, Monday. <clears throat> TGIM, sir. What did you do over the weekend, Smithers? Oh, you know, I did my laundry, and I took Hercules to get clipped. What the devil's Hercules? My little Yorkshire Terrier. There's a picture of me and Herky here, with, of course, the giant Mr. Burns oil painting in the background. But, you know, Burns doesn't... I took uh... an emotion picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> what did you do this weekend, sir? Uh, I'll, I'll allow the question. I took in a movie, Smithers. <clears throat> and he was I'll answer the question yes but he was appalled by the lady walking around naked in the movie the whole time and of course Smithers is appalled too but probably for a different reason and he's just like uh, it's all they did it was that all the people could just oink over it Smithers and it cuts to Homer telling Lenny and Carl about the movie and he starts literally oinking <laughs> So you know that Homer saw the same. I tell you what, she had some talent or something. <laughs> yeah, she had some talent. Let me tell you, you know what I mean. And he starts oinking. That sounds like my kind of flick, Homer. So we're following Homer through his day at work. He's going through his donuts, and he discovers mmm, purple because he's he's doing the thing right. He's sticking his finger in all the donuts to find the one he wants to eat. Yeah, and he's like, ew, this one, this filling, ew, that filling, yeah, ew, that filling. Ooh, maybe this filling, yeah, but mmm, purple. And I do like a jelly-filled donut, so I can appreciate what, it. Flavor. The purple flavor. Purple is, purple's a fruit. We'll get to that sooner or later. Purple berries. <laughs> yeah, purple's a, purple could be a key color on this show, actually, now that you think I think about it. <laughs> But he takes a big bite of the donut, and when he does, he splatters the jelly on the core temperature control panel, which is just about to cross from moderate to danger. I love the fact that the it's a panel to tell you the, what the temperature is somewhere fairly far away, but even it is at a boiling hot temperature at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great joke that they do. It literally boils the jelly right off of it. <laughs> so... Otto's driving horribly down the freeway at like 100 miles per hour. He's doing whatever he wants because he doesn't have the kids on board. And he stops to uh, to get some munchies from a poo. He's like, Otto, there appears to be a small boy on your bus. He's like, ooh, thanks for telling me. I was I going was... to Mexico. <laughs> I was going on my way to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, imagine him just going to Mexico when the, during the day when the kids are at school, but he'll be back to pick them up at the end of the day. That definitely sounds like Otto, right? <laughs> I mean, now he drives the school bus, so. So, yes, uh, Burns is still discussing this movie. You know, call me old-fashioned Smithers, but I preferred it when the actresses kept their clothes on. And an alert warning goes up. We have an alert in Sector 7G. Well, 7G, 
Who's that, Smithers? Uh, that's Homer Simpson, sir. Is he a competent man? Uh, no, he was hired under Pr- Project Bootstrap. Ah, uh, thank you, President Ford. <laughs> and Homer realizes that uh, he, he, he wakes up to noise. Bad noise. Okay, don't panic. Oh, that's somebody else's problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't panic. Whoever's problem this is, they probably know how to fix it. And then he realizes it's his problem. And right when he realizes it, Sector G- 7G becomes isolated. And he realizes he is now screwed. So we cut to Marge, who is watching the filthy soap opera. <laughs> uh I can't work under these conditions. Very well, baby. You're fired. Oh, mister. Yeah, call me Avery. Yeah, we interrupt Seasons from the Sun for a special bulletin. And there's Kent Brockman getting his makeup at the last minute. Wearing a blue suit this time. Yeah, classic, classic uh, cut in the middle of a show. Yeah. Uh, with the special report, they're still doing the makeup. Forget the blushes. Give me the hair. Oh, we're on. And so he calls Mr. Burns to talk about this meltdown. And it's an old-ass picture of him wearing a toupee. That's a good callback, though, because remember Burns has that file photo of Homer when he still has hair? Yes. And now their file photo of Burns at Channel 5 News is... That old file photo comes up later in this episode. (laughs) Yes, it does. He's just like, oh, you know, uh, having a a minor thing, nothing, nothing to worry about. And we see all the employees panicking. You've got the prayer group. You've got the guys taking out the vending machine. The rats are fleeing. Yeah, just tons of rats fleeing. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's getting into a radiation-proof suit. Yeah. Uh, sir, where's my radiation suit? How the hell should I know? It's just a Smithers on it. And Homer's, you know, freaking out. He's like, okay, okay, uh, where's the, the thingy that tells you what to do? The manual. And he goes, oh, no. He starts, like, reading it from the... I'll get to the point. Phone book. Yeah. Who would have thought a nuclear reactor could be so complicated? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He unfolds the schematic. Yes. It's so great. And now we start seeing, uh, with the meltdown drawing closer, we start seeing all the, uh, how everybody's handling this. So first Smithers confesses his love for Mr. Burns to make their last few minutes alive awkward, which Burns is not happy about. Moe and Barney are prepared to die. Yeah, I've lived a good run. Oh, uh, the kid's hiding under the t- the desk, and oh and yeah, Prince Musketeer's like everyone made fun of me for for not giving up on the duck and cover tech. Yeah, but who's laughing now? And the and old the old folks <laughs> <laughs> change the channel. They put on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> uh and yeah, it's it's so funny that the uh, everybody reacting to it. Uh, I also love that uh, Homer. We get Homer's first first dictionary definition, which is stupid. If you look up "stupid" yeah, in the dictionary, it's a picture of me. He's a flashback of his first day, where the guy's like, "Hey, Homer, realize that if anything goes wrong, all you gotta do is push this button." Are you paying attention, Homer? And he's playing with his Rubik's cube, which he never solved, by the way, which makes it even funnier. This is all your fault, and just throws it. Marge. Uh, goes into a prayer and Maggie falls while she's trying to balance herself. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know how I could be a better Christian. Oh, I know. How about when they do canned food drives, I'll actually give them something they'll enjoy. <laughs> Even Marge as a good person is still stiffing the poor. And now there's only one minute to go till the meltdown. 
And Burns goes, there's nothing left but to kiss my sorry ass goodbye. Uh, may I, sir? Ugh. But there's no need to because Homer saves the day with eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And now his second de- dictionary definition is lucky. Did you also notice that he saved the plant with double oh seven seconds remaining? Yep. I, I got a kick out of the double oh seven, but Goldfinger, they stopped the they and I remember seeing like a behind the scenes of gold they were gonna stop it at double oh seven. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, no need. Well, first of all, the one second on the clock thing is cliche anyway. It's always one second left on the clock. So it it works to mix it up a little bit, right? Seven seconds is still really pushing your luck there. I mean, it's not like, that's nothing to sneeze at. One minute is still pushing your luck. So. But now that the crisis is over, we're back in school. I, I like that. I like Burns' explanation too. Like, oh, it was a false alarm. A crow flew into our uh, our warning system reactions. And... Now the people are celebrating, and then they got the, the guy and the girl in the closet. Will I ever see you again? Yeah, baby, next meltdown. The old people are still watching Wheel of Fortune. The rats are returning. So now the kids are at lunch. Bart offers Milhouse some salt for his fried chicken, and, you know, he does the classic, uh, the lo- lid's loose so you get too much salt. He goes, now nah, you're even. Let's, let's go play. No, Bart, you don't understand. My mom won't let me play with you anymore. She says you're a bad influence. Well, bad influence my ass. I told you never to listen to your mother. He's like, I'm sorry, Bart. And now Bart's just... Now Bart's... Well, he's facing depression. So, Burns is celebrating Homer Simpson's achievement by making him Employee of the Month. Something he's only ever done for Smithers, apparently. Yep. And he gets... He gets a plaque, a ham, Burns' own personal thumbs up, and even a phone call from Magic Johnson. I love the thumbs up. He's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, I love when they start establishing what a feeble old man Mr. Burns actually is, and it's always so funny. <laughs> I'm giving you a thrashing where he's got like the baseball bat, and he's just lightly tapping the guy with it. I always, I always love the feeble old man jokes they do, because that Burns is their best old man joke that they have. Like Grandpa's a good joke, but Burns is so old that he's always making references to like the turn of the century because he was alive when the turn of the century happened. So, good references there. And of course, Homer confesses to Magic Johnson that what if he was just lucky? He goes, don't worry. Those people are always revealed as the frauds that they are. Ah, thanks. All right, so it's time for an itchy and scratchy episode, Dan. They fight. And fight. (laughs) They do. This is called My Dinner with Itchy. Itchy and Scratchy are out at a nice restaurant. Itchy pours them a glass of wine. Scratchy drinks his and realizes it's actually acid. Burns through his midsection. As he screams, Itchy throws it in his his acid in his eyes. And as Scratchy runs out onto the street in pain, he gets run over by his trolley. But Bart can't enjoy the episode because he's depressed about Milhouse's friendship and his falling through. But here comes Homer sneaking in. And he realizes that, yep, he's now employee of the month. And now Lisa's showering him with admiration. 
She's even Who uh, was a hero in my own house. I know. You know, it's it's kind of it kind of speaks to Lisa's character, and it gives her that nice flawed character perspective that she will be super angry at her dad for a thing that he'll say, but if he does something good, she actually acknowledges and respects him. So, but she's also that desperate for a good a good role model. model. That she'll latch on to anything, even if it's not really true. Because even though Marge is a better parental role model than Homer, she's also not really a good role model because she does some shady shit too. So, I I get it. Milhouse tries to call Bart on the walkie-talkie, but he just throws it. Please don't hate me, Bart. Yeah, please. And then you got, uh... You got Homer digging his new park in space. Of course, he dings, burns his car right away. Which, of course, a certain somebody notices immediately. <laughs> and then he meets Aristotle Amadopoulos, the owner of the Shelbyville nuclear power plant, who wants to bring in Homer as a motivational speaker. That's when Homer realizes that employee of the month is not all hams and plaques. You actually have to do stuff, too. So yeah, they eat the ham and he's like, this, this tastes awful. This tastes awful. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you depressed about, uh, Mil- <clears throat> I can't play with Milhouse anymore. <laughs> that four eyed lame You don't need friends like him. There's actually a, a history of Homer talking shit about Milhouse behind his back. It comes up quite a bit, but yeah. So Homer's got to go do his thing and he's stressing about it, but we'll get back to him in a second. Meanwhile, Marge steps up for Bart because Bart's playing Monopoly with Maggie, which is really funny, too, because he's like, he's totally cheating. He chooses which community chess card he wants. And then, Bart, don't feed your sister hotels. But, Mom, there's plenty of these in the box. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, Millhouse's mom won't let me play with him anymore. She goes, well, I'll go talk to him mother to mother. And she actually does. It's a nice conversation. She, you know, hey, you might remember me from when, uh, the boys drank, what was it, like they drank bleach or something together? And they were in the hospital. They did something together. I can't remember the exact gag. But she actually has a heart-to-heart with Luann Van Houten, you know? They're they're too old for girls. They're a popular target for bullies. Really, all they have is each other. And she realizes how depressed her son is, even though she knows that he said my meatloaf sucks, and they don't say that word on television. LOL. <clears throat> but yeah. <clears throat> and now we get Lisa writing a story on her dad for the school newspaper. So she follows him to Moe's Tavern. <laughs> of course, Moe gives the bo- the beer and the chocolate milk to the wrong people. And she's like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a thing on my dad here, blah, blah, blah. And Barney's like, good for you. I followed my dad to lots of bars, too. And Homer's like, what am I going to do? I'm panicking about having to give this speech. Well, here's a trick, Homer. Just picture the audience in their underwear. I had to do that when I gave a speech once. <laughs> yeah. I love what he says, too. He's like, did it work? Oh, sure. I pictured everyone in their underwear. The judge, the jury, my lawyer. He goes, did it work? Yeah, work yeah. I'm a free man. <laughs> so is that is that the trick? If one of us ever goes to court, do we just have to picture everybody with their, in their underwear? Would that work? I don't know. But... Finally, it cuts to uh, to Bart back in his room, and uh, <laughs> Milhouse calls him. 
And he goes, come over and play. Why? What happened? Your mom died? No, I don't think so. Well, who cares? I'll be right over. And that's when he realizes, of course Marge stuck up for him. Because who else would have? And it's a nice little moment between Bart and Marge. Until you realize that Bart is uh, leaving with a BB gun. So. That she cocks like four times on his way out. <laughs> also, he's teaching Maggie chess and she's using one of the pieces as a pacifier. Yeah. So, Homer goes to give his speech and fortunately for him, he doesn't have to because a meltdown interrupts it. Shelbyville just happens to have a meltdown while, while Homer's there. Oh, saved by the bell. And they're like, no, Homer, you're the only one that can save us. Now, it actually makes me wonder, was it a real meltdown or were they trying to test him to test their employees? Because the owner doesn't seem very panicked over what's happening. So it kind of makes you wonder if that's what was going on. He's not panicked because Homer's there. Uh, maybe. Hmm. Find out. And then Homer's there, like, well, just do what you did last time. He was like, okay. <laughs> and everyone is just gobsmacked. Then he hits the button and it go and it, everything goes. And then is He freaks the out on it. The definition Homer's picture is under changes for the last time. <laughs> the best is, uh, do you even know which button you pushed? Sure, Mo. <laughs> and uh, Kent Brockman gives his My Two Cents story. You know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Is Homer a hero? This reporter says no. <laughs> and he goes, uh, that's my two cents. Now, Scott Christian, what do you got? Well, our own Chief Wiggum foiled a bank robbery by doing absolutely nothing. So there's Wiggum counting his pennies while the bank is actively being robbed. And it's... Uh, <laughs> and, of, and of course, the snake trips backwards and falls and... The security guard comes out to, to stop him and goes, good job, chief. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, his jar of pennies crashes on his head and knocks him out. Yeah. And he says, yep, just doing my job. It looks like Chief Wiggum pulled his own Homer Simpson. Barney's bar stool breaks. He finds a pretzel. He pulls a Homer. And then Magic Johnson scores an impossible three-pointer to win the game. By he's falling on his ass. Yeah, he slips. The ball bounces off the referee's head and hits a three-pointer right at the buzzer. And he says, I pulled a Homer Simpson. And there it is. Homer Simpson, officially defined as American Bonehead. And to pull a Homer is to succeed despite idiocy. And Lisa ends the episode with the quote, Our dad now belongs to the ages. Homer defined. Ready to hear some trivia about Homer defined? Sure. Howard Gewertz. His script originally contained two uses of the word ass, one from Bart and one from Burns. This was the first time a character in the show had used the word, and it led to problems with the network censors. Eventually, the censors forced the producers to remove one instance so that Bart's line was changed to bad influence my butt. So it was supposed to be bad influence my ass, which is how I worded it, but it's not actually the line. But... So they, they kept it in for Burns, which I think was the right move. Kiss my sorry ass goodbye, I think was funnier. Because the bad influence joke stands on its own, right? Bad influence my butt. Obviously, that's Bart fr- freaking out, which is the humor. But Burns just delivering the line solemnly, I think, was funnier. So they made the right, the right choice. <clears throat> 
Magic Johnson is the first professional athlete to guest star as himself, beginning the trend of having celebrities who appear on the show use their real name instead of a pseudonym, which, of course, we all know Lisa Substitute and Stark Graving Dad were responsible for. But at least, I mean, he's playing himself. He's Magic Johnson in the episode. <clears throat> right. He is Magic Johnson, right. And, of course, John Lovitz was the voice of Aristotle Amidopoles and also the... It was uh, based on Aristotle Onassis. Yep. And, of course, we get Chick Hearn, the old radio the old uh, radio play-by-play guy for the Lakers as well in the end scene with yep. Magic. They, they got him in there, too, which was, which was a nice little touch. According to Al Jean, Howard Gewirtz's script ended up being one of the longest first acts in the history of the show when the episode was completed. That is actually a really long first act. It's, it's almost majority of the episode, the three-act system. So, yeah, I but it's but it's good. It's a good one. The recording of the episode was done during the NBA's regular season, so the producers had a hard time scheduling Magic Johnson's session. With the deadline approaching, the producers traveled to Johnson's home to record his lines. According to the San Jose Mercury News, the recording equipment brought to his home did not work as, at first and almost doomed the guest spot. I'm glad they were able to keep it because I always thought that was a fun little touch there. Magic, you're going to play on this ankle. You're going to be in great pain. I don't care. This is John Lovis's third appearance on the show. And the first appearance of Luann Van Houten. I don't think she's named, though. I think March just calls her Mrs. Van Houten. So there you go. This is, uh, this is uh, Homer Defined. Pretty good episode, huh? Yeah. Quick moving, has a great first act. And the B-plot's not bad either because, I mean, it's a relatable thing, right? Like, if you're a troublemaker kid, even even an easygoing troublemaker kid, there eventually you're going to be a bad influence on somebody, and that's going to be the re- direct result, right? Is their, their mom uh, is going to have the issue. Yeah. They were, we were doing the... Popeye the Sailor Man thing, and I was the one ass and kicked out. <laughs> oh! And they told their dad, and their dad came right out and said, "Don't play with my kids anymore." There you go. I remember I was actually a uh, me and me and a friend of mine. I was in like kindergarten or even maybe even nursery school at the time. We went and we, we went out and we played in the woods and I became such a muddy, dirty mess and actually ruined a pair of new sneakers that I had that I almost started crying because I thought my mom wasn't going to let me play with them anymore. And my mom just kind of laughed. She's like, why would you even think that? We can, we can go clean this up. Don't worry about it. So, but I was, I was literally in tears because I thought my mom was going to be furious with me for coming home so dirty. But fortunately, that never happened. But yes, uh, Homer Defined. Good episode. Uh, This upcoming Monday, our next episode we're going to review is Like Father, Like Clown. Another very important episode. And as long as we can secure him, we'd like to have Chris Decker of The A-Show on this episode. Now, Chris does have kind kind of a wonky schedule between work and the fact that he is a father of two. But... We should be able to work it out that we can get him on before the episode airs on Monday. 
Hopefully we do have him on as the guest spot. If not, I will miss him because he has cited this as his favorite episode of The Simpsons. So it's very important to him to come on and do this one with us. And this is a really good, very character-driven and emotionally high episode, too, like Father Like Clown. It's really good. This is some top-tier. Simpsons really hits its stride with this episode on some top-tier stuff. So hopefully we can get Chris Decker on here. But you can hear him on The A-Show every other Monday at 9 a.m., as well as all the other great shows on CKCC Radio, including my new mini-series with Eric from The Nerd Table called Park Hopper 101, all about the theme park life that we lived. So make sure you guys check that out as well, and check out my new patron show at patron.com slash club kayfabe for only $5 a month. You can hear me, and possibly even Eric, because he's on board for this, rant about taboo subjects, and the first episode is available for free, so you can hear what the show is going to be about. That does it for plugs. You got any plugs you want to throw out there, Dan? I got some hair plugs. No, I... I have been blessed with too much hair. Yeah, you and I both have thick-ass hair. <laughs> a little thinning would probably do us a good thing, actually, because I've broken many clippers trying to cut my hair. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yes, but this is uh, that's coming up this Monday, like Father, like Clown, and then a week from today, Treehouse of Horror 2. Ooh. Yep, we're, we're finally getting back to some Treehouse of Horror. But that's going to wrap up this episode, and we will see you guys next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.